welcome to Friends at Film Camp, a podcast for two friends gab at the fire from our fun film perspectives. I'm Janine. And I'm Luke. Today, we're talking about The Prom. Directed by Ryan Murphy and screenplay by Bob Martin and Chad Benjamin. Uh, released in December 2020. And stars Meryl Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, Keegan-Michael Key, Andrew Reynolds, Joe Ellen Pelleman, Adriana, Adriana DeBose, and Carrie Washington. I wanted to watch this because I just watched the stage show. We had seen it before. We had seen it before when it came out. I was very excited when it came out. Yeah, you made me watch it with you. Yes, you hated it. No, I didn't. You implied you hated it at the time. No, I didn't. Here's my here's my outcome, and this is the same as... So I hardly remembered anything. It's not mm-hmm. a very memorable movie. Um, yeah. I... The thing that I have with this movie, mm-hmm. and it was my experience last time, and it is my experience this time, is that I want to hate it because it would be really easy to hate it, and it seems like I should hate it, but somehow it gets me to like kind of enjoy it each time. Yeah. But then I forget about it immediately after. You know what I mean? That's interesting. Yeah. Because I don't even disagree with you mm. in fully. Mm. Now, here's the thing. I love this musical, and I really liked the stage adaptation. Mm. And I was very excited for the movie. And I think a lot of this movie is either really great or really great in theory. Okay. Like, the casting of Meryl Streep. As Dee Dee Allen. Mm. I think that's really good casting. Yeah. That's a very fitting role for the both Meryl Streep and the character. Yeah. Nicole Kidman surprisingly works very well mm-hmm. as a Roxy Hart wannabe actress. Yeah. And our two lead lesbians. Yeah. Especially, I think, Ariana DeBose. This is like her... I don't know if it's her first movie, but it's her first big movie. This is the first time I saw her, like, before I knew who she was. And mm-hmm. it, um, I think I, like, made a point to say that I liked her. But I do like both of them in this. And I also... Oh, and Key and Michael Key. I really like their costuming. Yes. The I... lead lesbian has such a good... Her style is really good, but it's also very queer in a very specific way. Which is, like... <laughs> just feels very natural which okay. is like i feel like it has nuances we don't always see okay uh i think the best way to talk about this movie okay. might be to go through it by character okay but first I like see a, that. but first like a brief overview of the setup okay which is there's these four narcissistic broadway actors mm-hmm. especially Dee Dee Allen by Meryl Streep and Barry Gludman by James Corden. Mm -hmm. And basically, they're so narcissistic and people kind of hate them so much that they can't find anything to be successful because they just have such a bad rep as people. This is part of what really works with the movie for endearing itself to you because it's such a... It's such almost like a random story, but having these really out of touch, 
Broadway people singing about, like, pretending to care about something is really funny. Like, it's genuinely, like, a funny premise. Yes. That works. So, like, the song... I have, like, a lot of opinions about the songs. I we'll don't also like go through the songs. most of them. Um, but the song where Dee Dee, it, like... It's first, not about me. Yeah, go... Like, it really... That's the one, too, where, like, a lot of the jokes were hitting and stuff. Yeah. That's my favorite song in the show. Like, yeah. I just listen to that song sometimes when listening to music. Mm-hmm. It's just really funny. Like, above all else, they sell the joke and yeah. they make it really funny. Yeah. Uh... So, yeah, that's the setup. So, let's talk about the four Broadway people, starting with the... Well, wait, I don't think we finished the setup. They oh. come, they come, they just, they find this girl who wants to bring her girlfriend oh, hold to on. prom. They want, they are upset about being nar- being called narcissists, so they're like, we need to find a cause. And then, when looking, but they can't find, like, a big, hard one, because it has to be quick and easy to kind of fix. Yeah. So they find this girl who she wanted to take her girlfriend to prom and the PTA in response canceled prom because they just didn't want to have gay people at prom so bad. Um, Which is such like a conservative mindset is since this thing can't be, since this thing has to be inclusive, I'd rather have no one go than let everyone go. Um, And so... That's sort of the cause that they end up picking. And so they go to the town to, like, go do that. But then they end up, like, kind of bonding with her as a real person and, like, other people. And that's the movie. Yes. So our four Broadway actors. Beryl Street plays Dee Dee Allen. Yeah. Who is one of the two female leads. Yeah. Along with... uh, Emma? Emma, thank you. I kept wanting to say Jojo. Is that her name? Yes. Okay. But Meryl Street... Meryl Streep's really good in this movie. Yeah. But she's like Meryl Streep. Obviously Meryl Streep's she's... always good. But she does a really good job of this character. You really know who this character <laughs> is. The costuming as well. I feel like there's a few characters who I think are so well costumed. And that's like Meryl Streep, Emma, and Adriana DeBose. Ariana. Ariana. Ariana DeBose. Oh. Are you sure? Yes. Because I have a reason I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, I think they're really well costumed. Yes, the costuming, like, especially. You're right. The Emma's costume for is the really most good. part. I have one gripe, but I don't yes, get to but, it. But and Meryl Streep, those are the two best costumed in the movie because they fully. You can look at them and kind of get the character with yeah. just the costume, which is hard to do. Meryl Streep just dresses exactly how that character would dress. Yes, and it's like mm-hmm. really tells you a lot. I know it's, like, a lot... It's not, like, a bold statement to say, oh, Meryl Streep was good in a movie. Mm -hmm. That's, like, very common. There's a reason she has 21 Oscars. And people like to be, like... People like to get on the opposition train sometimes when it's Oscar season and she's in contention. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, oh, she doesn't need more... There's a reason she has so many. She's very good at acting. And she has this way... Of embodying her characters. I do wish she got nominated for this movie. Um, I, I mean, uh, no. No? We disagree. Nominated? For an Oscar? Yes, this was supposed to be an Oscar movie. Okay, well. It didn't make it, but I think Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman were both good enough to warrant it. No. Yes. 
<laughs> I feel pretty good strongly about that. Okay, I'm surprised. Anyway, uh, we need to talk about, I think for her character, we also need to talk about Keegan. Yes. Because he plays the principal. And I think, is the principal this charming in the stage play? Or Here's did they, the problem like, with him? the my. This is the one thing I can't really answer. Okay. Because the guy who they had to play the principal uh-huh. was very bad okay. in the role. Like, he just... I don't know what it was, if he, maybe he was having, like, an off day mm-hmm. or something, but every time the principal came on, I was like, oh my gosh. Because he was, like... He was reading his lines like it was the first time he was reading it. Weird. So his inflections were very off. So so I can't read, but from my understanding, Keegan-Michael Key kind of elevates it. Because the principal is supposed to be like down to, down to earth, very sweet, very practical, hardworking. Yeah, so he he is the principal of the school that Emma's at. He's very much on Emma's side. He's like fighting with her, not with her, for her to like... Mm-hmm. She, like, believes it's, like, her right to be the prom, blah, blah, blah. We like him. Um, when the Broadway people show up, we find out that he's a huge fan of Dee Dee. Um, and they immediately have sort of, like, a chemistry. And he, they play it really, really well in terms of... Because there's, like, an inherent power imbalance there, right? Like, a fan being into, like, somebody else. But they play it really dynamically, and they have a surprising amount of chemistry, these two mm-hmm. actors, um, where he kind of gets disenfranchised with her because he finds out that she's sort of a bad person, as we've established. But then she establishes that she, like, wants to be a better person, and he kind of, like, becomes, like, a weird life coach, also boyfriend. It's, like, it's cute. It somehow works. Mm-hmm. And I also just think that there's something really... At least there's something that I find inherently charming about age gap relationships when they're with people who are middle-aged and older. Because mm-hmm. I think that there's, I don't know, I think that there's something so, like, interesting and charming, especially when everyone's, like, very solidly an adult. There's there's just something, like, there that I think is cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two of them have... You just don't expect that much chemistry from the two of them. Yeah. Like, if someone told me after they were, like, dating in real life, I'd be like, yeah, I guess I can see it. In that way. In this, it reminds me of the amazing Spider-Man movies where you had Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. And Emma Stone. And they famously had, like, really good chemistry. Oh, yeah. And it's, it felt like that, because I'm like, this is weird how well this works. You I don't just know if it's don't... that good chemistry. Okay, it's not that good. Like, okay. Those two were actually dating. <laughs> yeah. Which helped. But it's, like, really good. And mm-hmm. I liked it. Mm-hmm. And her... They work really well together, and he's also just such a fun character, and their dynamic ad- adds, like, a lot to the movie. Yes. It's, it's, it's something that you, like, want to see how it evolves, and you don't know, always know what's going to happen with it. Mm-hmm. No, it's really fun. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, though, with this movie. Yeah. James Corden as Barry Glipman. Yeah. Barry Glipman is very flamboyantly gay. Yeah. As a character. And before we begin, I want to say there are moments in this movie James Corden is good. He is not a bad actor. 
Although it did make me uncomfortable most of the movie, him playing the role. So I think that the the first time we watched this, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember this or you're going to get mad at me. The first time we watched this, James Corden was not super how he is now. Mm-hmm. He was on the way to it. To my memory, this was kind of the first movie where people were like, I don't know if he should have been cast for that. Okay. But yes. it wasn't, It he wasn't as infamous yet. No. Well, he hadn't been in like all the musicals. He had started to be in all of them. Yeah, this was the start, but it wasn't, we're, we're kind of post now. You yes. know what I mean? So our, um, I think even just like my, at the time, I didn't know James Corden that well, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. And so I think this is one of the things where in the in isolation, disconnected from everything, the first time I watched it, he didn't bother me that much. I was like, yeah, sure, seems fine. This time, I think it's it's so hard to not see James Corden pretending to be a flamboyant gay man you know what i mean (laughs) and so i think like it's one of those things where it's like yes the performance like he doesn't do an inherently bad performance but it's one of those things where it's like you just shouldn't have been cast in this role like no matter how good he did do you know what (laughs) i mean he was just not the person to do this and i remember on twitter when this movie came out yeah i was on like musical theater twitter at the (laughs) time i remember this casting idea yeah. and I saw it and I've never stopped thinking about it which is weird because I don't think about this movie but I think about this casting thing Yeah. which is have you seen Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? No but I know who this guy is. Yeah that guy Titus Burgess. Yeah. He was perfect for this part. And I think it's like he, yeah he would have been perfect. I, it's also complicated because I'm not one of it's a discussion that we're having. I don't think that only gay actors should play gay characters. I... If they do it well. <laughs> but it's complex. But that's uh, that's what I think. That's not something that I really subscribe to. I mean, I think it's complicated, obviously. Yeah. I agree with you that, broadly speaking, I don't demand every gay character be played by exclusively gay actors. Or same for lesbian. But, yeah, I'm using gay as yeah, a Yeah, I know. But Rod, I think part of the problem is, especially once you get into flamboyant, yes, see, that's what I was or say. you start going into gender non-binary areas or trans areas. Well, yeah, that's different. Yeah, I know. But once you, because it's all kind of a big range. Yeah. And once you start entering more, the farther you go from straight or straight presenting, it becomes more uncomfortable. Mm. And I feel like it kind of crosses that line here. But it doesn't, like, super cross it for me. It is a very subjective thing for this film. But you're right, there is... If... When you come to the concept of flamboyancy, which I think has a lot of baggage to it and culturally what it means do you know what i mean you do very much you run the risk especially when you have a straight actor of now you're doing a caricature which is difficult to avoid and a part a part of the problem here might be 
this is a comedy, and mm. Barry is regularly meant yes. to be the butt of the joke. Now, usually the butt of the joke is he's wildly full of himself and can't comprehend why other people's thoughts Mm. but the other joke regularly is wow he's so flamboyant yeah and that's not an inherently bad joke in the stage show it was very funny but it felt more real this time it does feel like he's doing a skit on his show or on snl and it makes me more uncomfortable i also don't think that him and um no but yes emma him and emma and him and Dee Dee both are supposed to create relationships over well no him and Dee Dee are like best friends yes and they don't have horrible chemistry but i don't also don't know how much i buy it i i was fine with it i i was fine with it in the sense that I believed it enough that I didn't question it throughout the rest of the story. But I wouldn't say it's like, it's not like her and Keegan-Michael Key where it's like you think about it and you're like, those two feel like really good chemistry. Yeah. They're actors and doing a scene. Him and Emma are supposed to get close. You don't really buy that, but I think that's also partly the script. But it yeah. is, yeah, I think it just wasn't the best casting for a number of reasons in that... It just doesn't work as well as it would have with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Which also, admittedly, might be... I mean, it definitely is, in part, just what James Corden's Mm -hmm. reputation now is. It is complex, because James Corden didn't have that level of reputation At at the time. Yeah. But he does now, but you also can't ignore it now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so his, I think his character, yeah, it's not as horrible as uh, you might expect, but it's also mm-hmm. consistently a little uncomfy the whole time. Yeah, If you're willing to live with a tiny, tiny part of your heart being like, this is weird, I don't know if I like this, it is not a bad performance. I want to yeah. make... I think that there's kind of been such a broad backlash to James Corden. Mm-hmm. And he was overly cast in movie musicals. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how exactly he got <laughs> cast in every movie musical. Uh-huh. But James Corden is a good musical theater person. Mm-hmm. He is talented and good at this. In like Into the Woods, he's good at Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. He is good at the musical numbers here. He can clearly sing and dance. Which not all the actors in this movie can. Yeah. So, I want to give him... Like, he's a good performance, but you're going to be a little uncomfortable the whole time. Yeah. And that might... Depending on how close this subject matter can hit to you, which the movie is trying to hit with... Like, this is an openly... A movie openly targeting queer people. Yeah, which also makes you question the decision. Yes. Mm-hmm. Here's my theory is that they wanted a star mm-hmm. beside Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. And I I wish that they had just had enough faith in Meryl Streep to be the star. Because mm-hmm. also, you do have Nicole Kidman and Kerry Washington yeah. as names. Like, I think those are all strong enough names. They didn't need a big star. Especially because I don't... <laughs> I don't see James Corden as a big draw as a star, mm-hmm. but I guess I think Hollywood did at the time. 
He is also the only actor to get any nominations for this film, which he was nominated for Golden Globes. He got nominated for a Golden Globe. Yes, which was a separate issue. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's James Corden's character. It's not a bad performance, but it is an uncomfortable performance. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nicole Kidman. Yay. Let's go from one of the awkward, most uncomfortable ones to one of the best ones. Nicole Kidman weirdly fits in this role. Nicole Kidman does really good. She's the only one whose relationship I buy with Emma. Like, there's one point where Emma... So, at in the midpoint of the movie, they think that they've won. Um, but what actually happens is that the PTA organizes sort of a quote prom for Emma, but then they organize a separate prom for everyone else. Mm -hmm. So Emma shows up and, and is empty, and it's really mean. Um, it is, like, genuinely devastating. You feel so bad for Emma in that scene. Like, you just know that feeling. So, in her gut, even though obviously we haven't had that. This is actually impressive, though, because it's a bit expository. What happens is we see Emma at her house a few days later, and Nicole Kidman is there with her. And Emma says, like, oh, you've been a really good friend the past mm -hmm. few days. And, and they did set it up at the scene, because Nicole Kidman's the one that ran after her. Yeah, and she's... you you. They tell us that Nicole Kidman has been staying with her. Um, but something about their interactions and their chemistry mm. like makes you believe it it has like and a I, mom daughter like but I, like mom is your best friend i believe nicole kidman has been there and they have been bonding which is interesting because that's exactly what you're not supposed to do right that's tell not show but for some reason their chemistry makes it work and then the little um musical number here is one of the better ones and i think it's interesting because I think the movie didn't know that their chemistry was going to be so good because mm -hmm. it makes it at the end of the movie. You're like, Emma and Nicole Kidman are like the most important relationship here and they like get completely ignored. <laughs> they're like, back to James Corden. Yeah. They're like, no, Nicole. Because <laughs> they're like, that, mm -hmm. that wasn't that important. But you're like, no, that one was really important. Mm -hmm. But in that situation, for the musical, what that... What's supposed to happen, which helps set that up, mm. is the act one ends with her running out of the fake prom, mm -hmm. all sad. Mm -hmm. And act two starts with Nicole Kidman and Emma, uh, like, in the bedroom bonding. Yeah. I like that I said Nicole Kidman, so it's like my show had Nicole Kidman in it. Like, she's just always there. Yeah. But no. So it does... I think it helps with the timeline and the show don't tell because the implication is during intermission. Yeah. They were bonding for a week. Yeah. I think speaking to what you said, mm. they should have added a scene or two during this first half of them at a restaurant, maybe this apples and bees mm. where they were bonding and they were like going to tell Emma what they were going to do. Like all of them? Yeah, the four Broadway actors and Emma, and Emma. Yeah. And maybe the principal, too. Like, have them all at a table there. Yeah. Talking and, like, being like, we're gonna fight. Especially because they do change Emma in this show. Mm. Emma's not the same character in the, as in the Broadway show. Mm. But Nicole Kidman, back to her. Mm -hmm. Nicole Kidman's really good. 
Mm. And she's surprisingly jazzy. Yeah. Like, you really believe this girl is, like, doing a kick line eight nights a week with her antelope legs. Yeah. And her Zaz number is probably the best, one of the best um, scenes in the movie. Yeah, Nicole Kidman's great. This is the one I wanted an Oscar nom for but everyone else. Because I just thought it was really good. This is not an Oscar nom movie. Okay, well, they pushed for it really hard. Well, they were wrong. So. <laughs> it's an Tony musical. It's an awards show. Hey. Next is Andrew Reynolds as the fourth one. He the his bar character, guy. Yeah, bar guy. He I was like a, this actor. I do like this actor. I when I first heard the casting for the show, I misunderstood. I thought he was playing Barry's part because to better. me. I was like, oh, that makes more... That's, like, who you would cast him as. Yes. And he would have been better. He's obviously not plus size, which is important for Barry's character. Mm. But that's a separate issue. Yeah. Uh, But no, he plays... I actually don't even know his character's name. He's just a bartender guy. No, he was a Broadway actor. He's between jobs. Yeah. He's Trent, the Juilliard graduate who did a sitcom in the 90s. And now he's trying to be a serious Broadway actor, but mm-hmm. he's having trouble getting work. So he's but a bartender, and he has a gospel tour that's going through Indiana. Yeah. So that's how they get to Indiana. We, you said this during the movie, mm. and it's true. It's not nearly as bad, but James Corden's playing gay. Mm-hmm. It feels like Andrew Reynolds is playing straight. Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Just... But he's not bad in the movie. His character has very little to do. Yes. Which I think would have been fixed with writing. Because broadly speaking, this movie has a lot of writing issues. That I think really hurt it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, above all, he has nothing to do until he gets to his big musical number in the second half. Yeah. But he's... Oh, and that's not true even. He does have something to do in the first half. He has the acceptance song. That's true. But. I think his, um, so his Love Thy Neighbor song, I think is one of the better musical numbers in the thing. Mm-hmm. I think it is helped by the fact he can actually do the, the dancing. dancing and it's the performing. It's also done in a mall. And this movie does do something I really like where the small parts that are like the high schoolers. I think they hired dancers. Yes. And I love that. You know I love a dancer in a movie. Yes. I do not like actors being dancers. I like dancers being actors for this type of stuff. So I... Dance numbers that they're in are always very acrobatic. There's a lot going on. They're very Mm. sharp. And I really appreciate that. So this is him who we know is like... he's He does real Broadway, right? Andrew, yes. Yeah. He's like a real Broadway. He he was the one that starred in the first... He originally starred in Book of Mormon. Yeah, so he we have this Broadway guy and then all of these other dancers and singers. Yes. So everyone that that really helps the thing. Um and they're in a mall, so it's more visually that dynamic than mm-hmm. um some of the other ones. Um but that song is so weird cuz I love parts of it and I don't like the chorus. Love thy neighbor? Yeah, I think the chorus is bad. 
and less catchy than the rest of the song, which is like normally not the case, which is super weird. I like that song. I don't like the chorus. It's a bad <laughs> chorus. Is it because they say Trump a lot? No. I don't like that they say I Trump I did like. notice that. They say it a lot. <laughs> but I think that was because they made the show a little before Trump time. Did they? Like the it original Broadway. Out before. The movie came out after, but I think the show would have started being written. No, but like the Love Thy Neighbor, don't like it. Is that part of the song? But I think he he's really good when they use him. They just don't seem to want to use him much. Yeah. But I do like him in the, a lot of it. Yeah. Also, at the end, and this is a big writing problem. Yeah. That I think oh, they yeah, wrote themselves into. He gets very suddenly hired as the drama teacher. Yeah. They're like, we have no drama teacher. That should have been a running joke throughout the movie if they wanted that to be the payoff. Uh-huh. But they didn't. So he's just kind of hired. It also doesn't make any sense. I don't think a principal could just hire someone. Especially not yeah. someone that would be a whole new department. I think that... You're overthinking that particular aspect. They're probably going to sit down after and negotiate how to work, make it work. Hey. Also, I, it, they never established that he would want to settle down in, like, a small town in America and become a full-time teacher. Yes, that was part of the writing. Because in the show, at least, I remember it made more sense when he said yes. Mm. Which might be the characterization. It might be that they set up more. Yeah, because in this one, he a lot was of the very, Juilliard... like, he was very, like, no, I'm... He was, like, working to become... Anyway. No, you're... I agree. I think that they, that's a back-to-the-writing issue. Is They do stuff because they're like, well, that's what happens. Yeah. And then you're like, but you didn't set that up. Yeah. And you should know to set that up. So that's our four Broadway actors. Uh, and we talked already about Keegan Michael Key. Let's talk Joelle Allen. Who the heck is that? Emma, our lead lesbian. Emma is Joelle Allen. What? Joe. That's the the actress. Joe Ellen Pelman. That's the actress. Yes. Okay. God, you're very confusing. Oh, I'm sorry. This is her first movie. Is her first movie? They cat. They did a big. Sometimes for this type of musical, they like. It's a big common thing to do, like, a big nationwide tour to find a newcomer. Yeah. To be your lead. Hairspray did it. A lot of shows do it. And this one was no exception. No. They found her after a big nationwide tour. Her Emma is very different from the stage show. Okay. The biggest difference is that in the stage show, Emma is really annoyed and uncomfortable with the fact that she is, like, starting a movement and, mm. like, making a big spectacle. She really hates it. Mm. She just, like, wants to go to prom and have this be over with. Yeah. And then she's forced into this big scenario. This Emma seems a lot more comfortable being, like, a big, like, making it a big, splashy deal. Mm. She is a lot happier. Yeah. And that's an interesting change. Mm. Because it does change Emma's dynamic. And this actress is very... I kept getting upset at this actress during the movie. So I'm like, that's not how Emma should do it. But then I had to remind myself, she's not playing the Emma I saw on stage. She's yeah. Like, this is different. Yeah. And she does a very good job with this version. Mm-hmm. It's just very different. I think the actress is really charming. Um, 
I think her character is very admirable. Um, I don't know if we're if we're always super grounded in her emotional state. I kind of would like for us, to, but see, the funny thing is that like the movie is about the Broadway people. <laughs> like, as much as that seems weird, and they kind of make fun of it in the text, it is really about the Broadway people. I feel like more than Emma. Yes, Emma. <laughs> She's a little bit of a plot device. Yes, Emma's the plot device, but they do give her time and room to breathe. But I kind of, I almost wish, I don't know, I almost wish there was more um, hesitancy or something when the Broadway people first show up, but I don't know, maybe I don't even wish that, so. See, that's what the difference is. is Mm. On stage, Emma's like really uncomfortable that they're there, and Mm. she's like, go away. I don't, like, I don't want you here. And then eventually they win her over once they start making progress yeah but this emma is smiling through the whole dd scenes yeah which at first i was like she shouldn't be smiling but then like oh she's kind of happy that they're there she seems like oh this is cool she's also just a very cheery person in general i will say what i hate about emma is all of her songs she does not have one song that i like i like her songs no they're all still boring i don't like her guitar songs this is so boring and long, and I hate them. Uh, well, you hate most musicals, so. I don't. I don't like bad songs. These are good songs, so <laughs> you I must don't be. Know. T- <laughs> I will say her first song. Just breathe. Yeah. They filmed it wrong. Okay. Well, I don't care about what that. What I care about is they do the same thing as "Love Thy Neighbor," where they have like a really good part, where the part where she's like. I don't know. She's like, note to self, don't be gay in Indiana. That's cute. That's a great part. It has all. The, it has a little bit of like a boppy, like whatever going on. And then they just abandon that to like whatever the chorus is. Again, hate the choruses in this. I don't know why they can't get a chorus right. I think all the choruses are great. So we disagree on this one. But what I will say uh-huh. is I think that song is really good. And I agree with you. I do like the boppy note to self part. Yeah. I don't like the editing of how they chose to film it mm. for some reason they made it a very busy montage and mm-hmm. what is clearly a ballad well i think they just wanted to show us her her normal day yeah but they it doesn't match the vibe of the song mm. like this is a ballad you can sh- not have her being pummeled by dodgeballs yeah the dodgeball scene was weird the swimming part was fine i get like the symbolism thereof. she's trying to keep her head above water so yeah. she just has to keep breathing and like I, I get the symbolism there although this school is clearly very rich yeah but that's like a separate issue but the school is clearly quite wealthy uh yeah i just thought that scene was very poorly filmed but her chemistry with her girlfriend see that transition mm-hmm. it's really also quite good mm. i will say i wish they hadn't been together for so long because they do not have the vibe of people who've been together for a year and a half. They've only been together. Yeah, they wouldn't have that vibe, though. Because they've been, they've been together. Uh-huh. But they've been meeting in the back of the gym maybe once every two or three days as being together. Okay. They just don't have the vibe of someone. I wish they'd been, like, six months. 
I'll compromise with you and say six months would have been fine. I think that's fine. Mm. But I I didn't mind the vibes because the vibes felt like people who were together a while but didn't have time to actually get to be with each other. Okay. Ariana DeBose. Fun fact about her role. Mm. She was supposed to be Ariana Grande until Ariana Grande had a scheduling contract last minute. And then they had to cast Ariana DeBose, which is likely why they didn't cast a named talent, because they didn't have time to find one. You can kind of see Ariana Grande in her styling. Yes, you can definitely see that. This is, like, very different styling for... What's her name? Ariana DeBose. Ariana? Both of them are Ariana's. One's DeBose... I like to imagine that they had already printed all the labels and made the chair, and they were like, we need another successful Ariana. And then they were just like, this one will work. I think this is different styling than we've seen her with since. Um, especially the cheerleader vibes. Um, her other characters don't really have cheerleaders, at least what I've seen of her. Um, so it's it's fun to see her in sort of this different role. I think she does a really good job of being um likable especially again at that halfway point sort of it's making me think of happiest season Mm -hmm. because her character actually has a lot of similarities with the girl in happiest season right and she has to be charming enough Uh that we sympathize with her even though she didn't do the right thing by like not coming to be with her girlfriend uh-huh. at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when she could have snuck out or made an excuse of some sort. Like, she didn't explicitly have to come out to her mom at that moment to be able to go see her girlfriend. Yeah, but I I think the implication is that the mom has thinks kind of knows, but doesn't, like, know. I did know. not get that idea at all. Well, her friends know. And her mom remembered the thing. She was going to try and tell her mom. Her mom's like, no, 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 we aren't talking about that. And I shut her down. was like, I get to enjoy this night, too. Don't talk about that. Whatever it was. No, I don't think she knew. I think mom... I don't think mom knew knew. I think mom, like, deep, deep down knew. I don't think she knew. But maybe. But either way. Uh, you're right about how it... She has a very difficult role. Yeah. Where she has to be sympathetic, even though she's kind of doing bad things she also but they has do... a very short amount of time to mm-hmm. get anything across to us and she yeah. does it she does a really good job of making an impression and her presence and her character understood in the like mm-hmm. relatively short amount of screen time she, that has, she has a very good state like film presence mm-hmm. uh with her in this movie mm-hmm. They're very good at balancing the fact that Emma likes her and Emma wants to be with her. But the difficulties that Emma is facing, I'm not phrasing this right. Ariana DeBose is very much upsetting Emma because she doesn't want to come out, but she still wants to be together. Mm. And Emma's never really mad at her. For not wanting to come out. Mm-hmm. But she is very like, this is too hard. She does want to come out. She does. But she has she's... a plan to come out. She just chickens out. Yeah. It's like she's too, she's not willing 
She's too scared to come out when time comes. Emma's also way too excited by the idea. Not in, like, a criticism of actual humans, but Emma is so excited and talking so excitedly that at one point, um, Ariana is very clearly showing that she's nervous and maybe wants to talk about it. But Emma is just so excited and not picking up on that that she doesn't end up talking about it. Yes. No, but the the film never makes you mad at both uh, Ariana DeBose nor Emma. Mm-hmm. Because you get both sides. Yeah. Emma, Ariana DeBose doesn't want to come out because she knows her mom's going to react poorly. Yeah. And it's going to be really hard. Yeah. And we always get that the whole film. But we also get that Emma, it's really hard to be dating someone secretly yes for clearly what's been a year and a half like that's a long time to have a secret girlfriend and just have to like kind of go with it this is also especially when she promised it wouldn't be a secret soon yeah and then she takes that back yeah and again emma's never mad at her being like how you need to come out like you have to she's like this is too hard if you don't want to come out yeah which is a very fair boundary so good job, movie boundaries. I think it's also I don't know. Movies are like obsessed with coming out, and sometimes it's safer and better for people to wait, and that's also valid. Mm-hmm. And um, so I do. Yeah, I do really appreciate them not villainizing Ariana, even though she does end up coming out. But mm-hmm. it 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 does. It's it's good that she's not pressured into it or made to feel like I think sometimes you see the narrative not quite as common anymore but you see the narrative like oh you're lying and it's like a horrible lie that you're telling and it's like yeah. sometimes people just aren't in a safe position and it's valid for them to wait you know what I mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no this movie has a very well made nuanced portrayal of that which I liked uh and finally, our final main, main character is... Her mom? Carrie Washington as her mom. Yeah. And the PTA meeting, or president. So she's the one that we see first in the movie canceling the prom. Mm. And, yeah, she's clearly... She's, like, saying villain is, like, wrong, but for, she's the antagonist of the movie. Why is Ariana the villain? Eh, I don't know. It just feels wrong. It feels, like, needlessly mean but you're not wrong she is being also needlessly mean yeah <laughs> so you're right she's really against gay people in this movie um and in a way that's like very modern where it's like not even really wanting to articulate why and making it about other things making it be like well you're just telling me what to do and i don't like that yeah. and like things like that a lot of conservative talking points yeah in this like Big government's trying to tell me what to do. Yeah. We just have different values. We're not American. We're yeah. we're Indianians. Is that what it is? She said this isn't America, it's Indiana. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is just very conservative talking points. There is a little bit of irony, perhaps, and mm-hmm. I don't think there's another way to do it, but the film a big joke of the film and a pretty good critique is that progressive liberals famous progressive liberals usually don't actually care about what they're saying they just want pr Mm -hmm. and it is funny to me that this movie stars a bunch like a bunch of famous hollywood progressive liberals yeah 
But there, I don't know how else you'd do it. Because you, like, what are you going to do? Get a conservative that hates gay people to start in this movie? Yeah. That's also not going to work. <laughs> With Clint Eastwood as Dee Dee Allen. Does <laughs> uh, he hate gay people? I don't know. He's conservative. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. How do you know that? He's a famously registered Republican. He is? Why do people register for anything? That's weird. I don't know. The U.S., that's how you have to vote in primaries a lot of the time. <sighs> They're crazy. Their elections they are like... They make voting so hard. The U.S. is just like a lot. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Carrie Washington. Yeah, her character is weird. Um, she does I... a good job in the beginning. I think it's interesting, and I wonder if... She is black in the play. Yes. She is. This is my understanding of the show, is that I don't think that Ariana DeBose's character, nor (laughs) Carrie Washington's, nor the principal, Mm. are written explicitly to be black. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think the script says has to be played by black actor. Mm. I've never seen the script. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But my understanding is that the first show of this just cast them that way and they've just kept it up ever since that's interesting because it just is um you know it it, that very conservative rhetoric that she is spouting is often also racist Mm. um but so this is funny because i was just watching this video by kenny jd if anyone watches her on youtube she does bad movies in a beat and she's awesome um she did this video and i think it was a netflix movie that semi-recently came out what was it called it was called like never mind i can't think of what it's called anyway the movie is not very good but it was trying to talk about something complex in which it features a light-skinned black woman who's kind of trying to assimilate into whiteness and she ends up being scared of dark-skinned black people it's a whole thing but anyway my point is is that there is something to be said with trying to like assimilate um, and I don't know if the movie is trying to comment on that or not. That is an interpretation. Yeah. I think that you could make. Uh, I don't know if that's what they were aiming for, especially because they originally probably weren't planning. You could write like a good essay mm. on that interpretation. Uh, um, but I'd... anyway, they ruin the character. Yes. Here's uh, there's like a clear line. <laughs> yeah. Which is Ariana DeBose comes out to her at the when they're organizing the second prom. Yeah. And Carrie Washington basically Here, is, wait, wait, wait. Emma after the bad prom, Emma ends up posting a song to YouTube that goes viral. Mm-hmm. Which is like whatever. Anyway, she posts a song to YouTube that goes viral and she wants to do another prom that's like inclusive for everyone. Um, but now, you know, the gays and the days are going to support her because we do that. <laughs> the gays and the days. They're going to all show up to the second prom and it's going to be fun. Right. So they end up self-funding that. So by having the Broadway actors pay for it. Yeah. And what's his face? Bartender guy. Uh... He's done his musical number in the mall and he has convinced the popular teenagers Trent. that they he's convinced the popular teenagers that they should stop being homophobic at this point. Yeah. So this is all very important. <laughs> yes. That yeah, he actually I do believe the convincing at that part. Uh and that's all good. And then she comes out to her when they're organizing the second prom, uh, because 
she like comes in because Emma's broken up with her because she says it's too hard to be dating someone who's closeted mm-hmm. and doesn't want to come out mm-hmm. right now, which we all fair, but it both sides are very fair. Yeah. But Ariana Bose really wants to keep dating her, and so she comes out, uh, not pressured in any way, but she tells her mom, and her mom basically says, we'll talk later, and leaves. Clearly a very emotional. Yeah. And that's in the musical, on the stage show, that's where your her character ends. Mm. And here's the thing. I'm going to extend the line of acceptability a bit. I'm fine with the mom showing up at the second prom and having the talk with her about, like, you're still the most important thing. Yeah. It's a little, like, happy ending. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Happy ending forcing, but I, I'm fine with that. I just want to rewind very briefly because when Ariana comes out, I really like the line when Carrie Washington is like, I just don't want your life to be hard. And she goes, it already is hard. Yes. That was a good line. That's a really good line. Because it is very true of a lot of... I don't think there's quite enough discussion in some media. And I liked that this film did really address it. Mm. Of there's parents who are overly accepting. Like they're like, oh yeah, you're cool. No issues here. Not overly, but, like, very accepting. Okay, I was like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> They're very accepting. And then there's obviously the parents who are, like, completely unaccepting. Like Emma's. Or, yeah, Emma's parents, James Corden's dad at the start. Mm. Uh, and then there's this middle ground of parents who just, they don't get it. Yeah. And they're kind of just like, this seems like it's going to be really hard and scary. And maybe you just shouldn't. Yeah. It's the same as like, <laughs> like wanting, it's like kind of the same as saying you want to drop out of high school to them. Mm. It's like, that seems like a needlessly hard choice. Why don't you just not do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This film has two characters where the reaction is clearly, when you tell them, the reaction is, I don't, like, hate you, but this seems like it's hard. Yeah. And not fun. Which is Emma, or Ariana's mom, Carrie Washington, mm-hmm. who's real, as you said, has that really powerful line. It's one of the best lines in the movie. Mm. I don't want you to have a hard life. Mom, it's already hard. Yeah. And then <sighs> James Corden's mom. In the sh- musical, there's a few brief lines about how... In the stage show, there's a few brief lines about how James Corden's character, Barry, doesn't have a relationship with his parents because he left before they kicked him out. It's really only a few throwaway lines, Mm -hmm. mostly meant to symbolize he gets what Emma's going through, and it's kind of supposed to be how you think they've bonded, is both their parents got rid of them. Yeah. Which does make more sense in the stage show why they're better bonded. Mm. And this film, I think, reasonably does choose to expand on that. Because mm. film, you have that resource to do it. Yeah. Casting isn't as limited. Mm-hmm. I actually don't mind the idea of the mom and him reconcil- reconciling. But the issue, which we'll both agree, is Meryl Streep's Dee Dee Allen yeah. calls them. And part of me is like... They are best friends. Mm -hmm. So it's not as unacceptable as when I first saw it. No, it's unacceptable. But it is unacceptable. The thing is... is I was, like, more outraged before than I am now, but I'm still pretty, like, 
outraged. Earlier that... in the film, Dee Dee turns to him and she goes, you know, we're here, we're close to where you grew up. You we're close to your parents. And he's like, yeah, so. And she's like, you're, she basically tells him, I think you're going to regret it if you don't try to reconcile oh. with them. And, and that's he... a very, I want to pause here. What? The whole concept of you should have to reconcile with your parents who kicked you out as a gay child. Mm. I don't love that topic in all the movies because it puts the onus back on the gay person. Yeah, and that's what he says, it. basically. Yes. Which I like. And honestly, I think they should have just left it there. Because I do also think that there is value to showing that lack of resolution. Because that's something that a lot of gay people have. You know? Yeah. I mean, how common is the story on, like, drag race? Like, a lot of the time, you just never see them again. And you don't talk to them again. And it's like... So I think that there is value to leaving that unresolved because that's what a lot of people deal with. Um, I also think if they wanted to resolve it, it's annoying, I think, thematically to resolve it for Ariana and for him. Because it's basically the same resolution, right? For both of them? Yes. I would have left... I'm conflicted Mm -hmm. because part of me is fine with this movie wanting to have some happy endings because you still get characters that don't get perfect happy endings and mm-hmm. like emma emma's parents don't come back yeah emma's parents aren't like hey we're here so not everyone gets like this perfect aspirational resolution yeah and i like the idea of in film when you adapt something from the stage to film you can expand in things you just can't on stage mm-hmm. Obviously, the crux of the problem is that Dee Dee called. Yeah, she went behind his back and called his mom Mm -hmm. and got his mom to come. Not even, like, write a letter or say, like, hey, I think maybe you should call him. Like, maybe he would... To come. Like, it's so many boundaries. If you're no contact with somebody, Mm -hmm. that's so many boundaries to cross on behalf of somebody else. Like, it's just a really bad friend. Here's what I think was trying to happen. And that's why I'm not as mad as I think you are, Mm. is because I think what they wanted to do was have it be one of those, like, the best friend knows what you're actually saying. Yeah. Although, even though, that only, like, decreases my anger, like, 2%, though. Mm. But I'm still... There was just so many easier solutions, which is Barry could have just called, or the mom could have just shown up. Yeah. Because he did call her... And then he hung up when she picked up. And then when she shows up, she's like, you called me, didn't you? So, yeah, she could have seen him on the news, gotten a random Mm -hmm. phone call and decide to show up herself. And then, again, that's like, because that's what he wanted. He was like, they're the ones who rejected me. If they want a relationship, then they need to reach out. You know, like they need it's on them Mm -hmm. to to mend this because they had caused the wound. And so that would have been her taking the first step yeah i i think we both agree that would have been the best choice it's have mom just come especially because they have been all over the news lately like the it was a seemingly national event that they did the fake prom because they had so many reporters it's not unreasonable that ohio would show a picture of barry Mm -hmm. and the mom could have just come but yeah Nope, they had Dee Dee do it, which was just bad writing. Yeah. Plain and simple. No way around it. 
It was bad writing. It was the wrong choice. Especially because ag- in text, we're not supposed to be like, whoa, DD shouldn't have done that. It's supposed to be like, oh, this is how it should have turned out, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and there's, there's things where, like, Barry could have complained, like, oh, I just wish they knew I was okay, but I can't talk to them, or something like that. If Barry had, like, complained about that, then this would have been a more, it wouldn't have been a great outcome or resolution, but... Dee Dee could have said, I called your mom and I said, you're doing well. Mm-hmm. And like, that's it. Uh, even and then, don't do that. I know. The it's thing the, is, you like, they want, if they wanted to, to set up this a, work, because Dee Dee does not have to call the mom. I know. I don't know why I'm trying to fix it. I yeah, have this like. Just have her not do that. Yes. I like <laughs> working around too much. You're right. I'm trying to fix a problem that doesn't need to that, exist. That they just could have not done. Yeah. No, I just would have had the mom show up and they could have like worked i don't know if the mom should have been helping set up the prom yeah but i also am not opposed to that because i think the mom between carrie washington and barry's mom Mm -hmm. i want barry's mom to be redeemed more because she's had a lot more time yeah so she could have spent like 20 years feeling bad and been like i'm here for you yeah like i'm not leaving you again so So i get it carrie washington shows up to the queer prom and, they and have this... she's like, you know, we still need to figure a lot out, but, like, you're the most important thing to me, and I love you, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm fine with it. I would have preferred she not come back at all, because mm-hmm. I think that does leave the ending a bit more open yeah. for their relationship. But if they wanted to be, like, if they wanted us as the audience to know Ariana DeBose will be fine... Mm-hmm. I think that's fine. But the annoying thing is then in the happy prom scene, Carrie Washington is dancing with everyone. And not only is she dancing happily with everyone, everyone who she's been so like hating the entire movie. She hates these people. They're gay. She doesn't like that. She doesn't like anything that's happening. She tried to shut this down multiple times. She succeeded. So not only is she dancing with all these people, at one point, Emma and Ariana kiss, and she she does, like, an awe face. And I'm like, hello? No. Who are you? You are not the same person yeah. who's in the rest of the movie. That character left, and Carrie Washington herself just came to the prom. Yeah. And it's like, I also just think it would be, one, it's just unbelievable. You just don't believe it. No, not for a second. Um, But I think it also, like, you know, like we said... If she's going to be there, fine. She's going to come, right? She's she's putting out this olive branch. We know she hates gay people. She's established that. But now she's faced with the reality that her daughter is gay. She's decided, logically, that she's going to put her daughter before everything else. All put of the these, daughter above the hate. All of the these beliefs that she believed very strongly, she's going to put her daughter first. Okay, that's good. That's great. That happens sometimes. She's not going to be dancing with all the gay people. She's going to be sitting on a chair in the corner, fighting with herself probably the whole time. Looking a little uncomfortable. And what you can do is maybe is do you a cut, little shoulder shimmy. You cut to her. She's in the chair and she sees everyone dancing. She gets like a tiny smile on her face for a second and like lifts both her shoulders yeah. in a little dance. And then she kind of catches herself yeah. and like calms herself down. That way we as the audience know, look, she's growing but mm-hmm. she didn't change persons overnight. She didn't overnight. do a 180 in the span of, like, a minute. <laughs> she might as well have came in just covered in, like, red, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, ba- like, full pride flag makeup. Yeah. All that. 
and like started burning Bibles because that's how far this character has changed yeah. from where we last met her. And it's weird. It's a complete 180. It doesn't and make it, any sense. It does kind of ruin the emotional yeah. punch of the ending because the whole point is they overcame the human character representing hate. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, oh, she didn't hate you that much, I guess. Yeah. Especially, you're right, the kiss where she goes, aww. Yeah. That is like, no, you should go like, oh. She should just, like, not be there. Yeah. Just have, you could just have them kiss. Yeah. It's like a very powerful thing at the end. They kiss and you're like, oh, yeah. we are going on. Carrie Washington shouldn't be there. Yeah. It's very weird. I don't know why they did that. It, I The only reason I can think of, and I don't like it, is that they were like, we have to redeem Carrie Washington because she's Carrie Washington. Well, like you were saying, she's on the main poster in a way that does not make sense. Yeah. And does not imply that she's going to be the villain of the film. Yes. Which was a marketing problem with the movie. And I'm going to hope that this was an issue with the director being like, we got Carrie Washington. She has to be redeemed. Mm. I'm a little scared Carrie Washington demanded that. Mm. And if she did, I would have said, okay, not the movie for you. Yeah. And got someone else. Because although Carrie Washington's really good in the movie, like, until then, like, she's, you hate her in the right way. Yeah, I mean, she's fine. Like, she's good as a villain. Yeah. She fits the role. She does what she's supposed to. Yeah. If she needed to be redeemed, this is not the right character. This is like, she's playing a bad I person. Feel, I don't know. That doesn't even make sense to me. Like, for me... The only actors who do shit like that are, like, they're not, it's not like they're in good movies. <laughs> like, you know how Steven Seagal allegedly, like, he can't lose a fight in any of his films or anything like that? Uh-huh. And I think, like, I don't know. Dwayne Johnson. There's rumors. I don't know if it's true. But, yeah. That's not a respectable acting choice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, I that don't know. That just doesn't seem like something Harry Washington would, would demand. Yeah. Like, my understanding on Scandal, Scandal, she's not, like, always a very good person. She's not know. a bad person, but she's not, like, always good. So it seems weird to me. I'm just going to choose to believe it was the director who was, it like... weird. Because that makes more sense to me. Which does get me to the directing mm. and writing, which I'm kind of combining. This show is written by the people who wrote the stage play. Yeah. And then they wrote the movie. Which I think was our first mistake. Which is, they could have maybe co-written, but someone should have been a third writer to help from film. Because writing for stage is different than writing for film. They're very different mediums. Mm. And there's issues with some translation. Which is, in film, audiences demand a lot more stuff be explained than on yeah. stage. On stage, you have a wildly larger sense of disbelief because yeah. you know they're right there and you know it's a set. Yeah. In film, because it's a bit more real, people have a much higher demand of being told why. And this movie doesn't like to explain why. I also think that the in terms of directing and stuff, and I, I don't know if this was a budget thing or anything... But most of the musical numbers are, they feel small. I agree. There's I not think that they, a lot of visual excitement. Second point, 
the director was wrong. Mm. Ryan Murphy is a very good TV writer. He can write a lot of good TV in a year. But I don't think he's a great TV writer. Because mm-hmm. none of his content is really that great. It's really good. But like none of it's iconic or memorable in this way. And I don't, I don't know that much about him. And he doesn't normally make movies like this. Yeah. Like, have you seen Eat, Pray, Love? Yeah. And have you seen Running with Scissors? Running with Scissors is very different from Eat, Pray, Love in this movie. Okay. But That's surprising. He directed that? And wrote it. That's very surprising. But, like, those movies aren't big theatrical lavish things. Right? Yeah. You know, this almost feels like it needed the Chicago director. That's what I was saying. That's what I was thinking. Now, I will say, like, I do not think that the music in this is very good. And it's probably from the musical. It is. Although, I will add, this movie added a lot of techno mm, to the music. That wasn't there? No. that's This is much more class. It's much more classical Broadway music. You know what was my favorite song? What? The Promposal song. That is from that is from the musical. Isn't that weird though? I feel like that's such a random song. It's done entirely by like small characters, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't even think it's a full song. That's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. I like how you keep bringing up the dancers because the one male dancer, mm-hmm. he's like the first one in that song. Yeah, like the tall good, blonde. Yeah. The thing about Ryan Murphy is he clearly gets crushes uh-huh. or something equivalent. On certain male actors. Mm-hmm. So he just starts casting them in everything for a while. Yeah, he has favorites. Yeah, and that guy is now one of his favorites. Oh, nice. He's in everything that he does. Which is really cool. I like this guy. He used to be a Power Ranger. The promposal is also very random. Because we get it for those small bit characters. Mm-hmm. Who are kind of villains for most of the movie. Not really villains, but villain, you know. What's the word? Antagonist. And um, and it just randomly gives us, like, little cute backstories about their individual relationships. Yes. Well, what that scene is supposed to be is mm-hmm. the lead up to end of Act One, mm-hmm. which is them transitioning to the prom. Yeah. Which is why I didn't like how it ended, because it just kind of fades out. Yes. I didn't like that either. Because normally when it fades out... The reason that's there is that they're at the prom singing the last part mm. and they're all dancing and you're like, wow, what a fun prom. And then it fades out and you're like, why is it fading out sad? And yeah. then you see Emma walk in to her prom mm. and you're like, oh, fake prom. Okay, so I do want to say something about the prom dresses in this movie. Mm-hmm. All of the prom dresses, speaking of, about all of them in both proms, they are not very good. Mm-hmm. But prom dresses are not very good. Mm-hmm. So I don't even really hold it against the movie. But I do. Okay, this movie is obsessed with short prom dresses, which is very unusual, but it's for dancing, I assume. I would assume, yeah. However, if they were doing that, I kind of was wanting, I was craving, especially. So in the first prom, we get that little dance number. We don't get an equivalent dance number in the second one. Yes, we, get, we do. We get like, like a little bit of it, but it's not as much. Okay, but there is I a was reason craving. Why? They were filming this movie from January or December 2019, not January, December 2019 to March 2020. Which something happened in March 2020. Okay, so they weren't allowed to dance together? There was COVID. 
Yeah. They were two days before the end of filming, mm-hmm. which was all, from my understanding, was all the extras. They All the lead cast had finished, mm. but what they had was two days of second unit filming, mm. from my understanding, for that final dance scene. Oh, okay. So they had to come back in July. They got everyone back in July and filmed a bit more. Yeah. But they couldn't, they probably couldn't put as much together. But in terms of costuming, the costumes are very lackluster. And I, especially from the last one, which the second prom is a lot more visually spectacular than the first one. Uh-huh. I don't know why you're making a face at me. I'm right. I like these costumes. I'm talking about the prom dresses. Okay. Like the students' prom dresses. Yes. Oh, I thought you were complaining about I was craving the... a, a Greece moment. You know? You know the prom in Greece when they're all doing the, the hand thing? Mm-hmm. And those prom dresses are very distinct, and they add a lot of visual flair. It's just a, such an opportunity, and I felt like they didn't do it. They could have been a bit more ambitious with the prom dress Now, with costuming. specifically, this has a lot of layers. I have so much to complain about with Emma's first prom dress. But that's so, I know, I know, but listen, because in the context of the film, listen, layers, okay? Yes, yes, go. So the first prom, James Corden wants to take Emma prom dress shopping because he asked her what she's gonna wear and she's like i don't know a vintage suit which is an amazing thing to say and anyway so they go to a mall first of all i cannot believe this movie does not give me a makeover montage first crime this is a perfect movie for a makeover montage and never mind it's fine so what he ends up picking out for her is a blue strapless dress with a lot of tulle that uh, goes in at the waist and goes out in a circle skirt. Now, in the context of the movie, they are he's dressing her up and she is not doing it her way. Yes. So it makes sense that he's, he's dressing her up in uh, a female version of what he wanted to go as. Yes, rather than thinking about what she wants, she ends up wearing a suit to her real prom later. Now, that's fine. But I have a lot of issues with this particular dress because all of the students, as we saw, were wearing short dresses that were this exact silhouette that looked very similar. Uh This is a small town in America that doesn't seem that small, but whatever. They're telling us it's small. The Broadway people come in. They make a few jokes. They make a few fashion jokes. And Emma does not dance. Because she shows up at the prom by herself and is not part of the dancing scene. So, him being a fancy gay Broadway actor who should have some interest in fashion, I think should have picked her out a visually distinct dress that was long, maybe slinky, that made her visually distinct from all of the other people to emphasize her difference, but also to emphasize the difference in where they're coming from and what's cool at the school and what everyone else is wearing. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Thank That's you. That's a fair point. I, The first time you watched it, you were so upset <laughs> that she had a dress. You're like, this girl is clearly a suit girl, and they made her wear a dress, and you were so mad, and I couldn't tell you because I wanted you to be surprised. Yeah. You were so happy when she put the suit on. Yeah. But... Uh, no. I, yeah, I think the costuming... I actually like the Broadway actors' costumes, although at the end, Trent should not be wearing the seafoam blue. It should have been James yeah. Corden. That was a big part of his character. I don't know why they changed it. 
but whatever. Mm-hmm. I like their final costumes. Uh, I like her suit. I don't remember. Oh, her dress is red. Ariana DeBose? No. It's like pink. It's red. Hers could be more exciting, but it's fine. I know that's blurry, but that's pink. Oh, that's pink there. I could have sworn it was red, but it could have been lighting or something. It doesn't super matter, but... Yeah, broadly speaking, I think what did work very well... What did? The the final... Those two's cost... Our lesbian leads two costumes. They're just like the contrast between them. I don't know. Ariana's could have been better. But that was the friggin' I don't know. That was the prom dresses that they were obsessed with, so. Yes, they did like short, like skirt prom dresses. I think it had to be for dancing. It had to be for dancing. But also, you can have like slits and and gowns and stuff and still dance in them. I think the movie could have benefited from a better choreographer. But again, see, especially with Ariana there. Mm-hmm. Like imagine her in something sleeky and slinky in a slit, right? To divide them from all the other people, because she's in this exact same silhouette that all the other girls in that yes. in the scene. Anyway, yes. besides the point, I whatever. I do think they could have had a better choreographer. You're right. Okay. Can we go through? I don't think you want to go through every song. Okay. But... I think I've said most of my song opinions. I do. I had to write. Okay, so. See, this is the interesting thing, and I think I did say this at the beginning, but, like, even though I can't hate this movie when I'm watching it, I do forget it very fast. Yes. So I had to write down things to make sure that I remembered which songs that I actually liked. But I think I've said most of them. The first songs, the first two songs are the Changing Lives and Changing Lives Reprise, which is them on Broadway. I really like that song. I just don't like how it's filmed in the sense it is very dull they don't really make bold choices yeah they kind of just like cut to them on stage at a few points they're mm-hmm. like that's their bold choice yeah they needed a better cinematographer and yeah. maybe choreographer although like, i can acknowledge ooh, you know what i can see um yeah, we were talking about like chicago but i could also see like a rocky horror picture show working for this like that kind of style of musical numbers and i think like the big thing that this movie does not take advantage of is it does not seem to find an excuse for set pieces you know mm-hmm. like even a freaking high school musical you know like the thing where they're singing with the basketball it's like they never commit to like a specific scenario that gives you a unique thing to look at during a musical number you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's like even the like the zaz thing we're just in her house even when they do kind of commit to that they don't commit hard enough yeah which is changing lives the, especially the reprise yeah they like walk down broadway mm. to like go to get like to go to her yeah it's cool but they aren't they don't use it very much yeah. it feels like oh cool we did it and we're moving on but i really like the song meryl street I think Meryl Streep and James Corden are good at telling the Isn't jokes. Isn't this the one? I thought this was the one you were complaining that the jokes weren't hitting. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. I think the two of them are good at telling the jokes, but the jokes aren't landing because the movie isn't letting the jokes land. Like, mm-hmm. they aren't... When there's a joke, you have to have a punch to it Yeah. in the way it's like filmed. Like, in um, But It's yeah. Not About Me, mm-hmm. y- you perceive that she is telling jokes mm-hmm. you perceive that humor is happening this in one this is so one you were like so why aren't the jokes hap- like why aren't the jokes hitting and i did not realize that they were telling jokes yeah but that's because they weren't 
punching the jokes. Yeah. Which I think was directing yeah. more than them. Yeah. Because there were a lot of funny jokes in that first song. And you, I was, like, kind of shocked because you weren't laughing. I remember when we watched on stage, everyone laughed the whole time. I'm like, why is no... There's no laughs. Interesting. Uh, Just Breathe, You Hate. I do hate that one. But I think it's Well, good. I like the beginning. I feel like this musical, I don't know what they're doing. It's like they get a good part of a song and then they just, like, mm-hmm. throw shit at the wall for the rest of it. It's Not About Me is probably the best song in the movie. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's the one one of the two songs where they let Meryl have like complete control of they the scene. They also this one is one with more of a set piece. Yeah, it's not that exciting, but they do. They're like, okay, it's a PTA meeting, and you're and in she's a school coming gym. in, and they bring in extra people. So they do. They are doing something in this mm-hmm. one. Yes, and that's the one where the jokes land the best. Yeah, most I blame a lot of that on Meryl Streep, making sure every joke has like a thing to punch it with because she's trying really hard yeah uh dance with you sweet ballad pretty standard uh the acceptance song here's a funny story about the acceptance song okay i was listening to this album before i watched the show uh-huh. and so i i didn't know the whole plot but you get the premise through just the songs yeah uh and I remember every time I'd listen to this album, I'd always skip this song mm-hmm. because I, not understanding the plot of the show, was like, this song is so bad. Why is this in here? The rest of them are so much better. Uh-huh. Then they always get to this one song where it's just terrible and me not realizing that's the point of the song. Yeah. It's normally longer. They made it shorter this here. Good. But the difference at least when I watched on stage, is that it's grander uh-huh. in how bad it is. Mm-hmm. Like, they they lean in. The one I watched, they, like, covered the entire stage in pride. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone was running around with, like, a pride cape, just act, extras running back and forth. Yeah. And, like, everyone had big fans of pride, mm-hmm. and they, like, decorated the walls as they were singing. Yeah. So it got to the point where you're like, this is, like, that was the joke, yeah. and the song was so bad. Yeah. Because they didn't want to do that here, they wanted to lean into the monster truck rally thing. Mm-hmm. It was good to shorten it. Yeah. Because it, yeah, it's not a good song, but that's the point. Because it's not good. So it was good at being bad. You like You Happen. What's that one? The promposal one. Yeah. Then you That's my happened. favorite one. We Look to You by Keegan-Michael Key. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I always think the songs are a little boring. But, like, forgot, they serve their purpose. I forgot this was a song. Mm-hmm. But I like it as a scene. Yeah, it's a scene that he. You're like, oh yeah, I guess you did kind of sing. Yeah. Clearly, Keegan Michael Key's not maybe the strongest singer in the cast because he is kind of. I like his character, and this gives you like more insight into his character. So I mm-hmm. like it for that, but totally forgot he was singing. Yeah, it's not the most memorable song. Uh, Tonight belongs to you, which is normally I think what transitions from you happened to tonight belongs to you. That's the prom dance scene. Where you see them all going to prom. Oh. And then Emma sings the reprise at her prom. Where it's like, one thing's universal and they're like getting her ready. Oh yeah, the Mean Girls were being a little gay in that scene. They were. And I was like, is this 
commentary? <laughs> is this on purpose? I don't know. <laughs> is everyone gay? <laughs> uh, that one's really good. I think that one's fun because you just did lots of dancing. I don't remember that one. But then there's Zazz. We both seem to agree that that's probably the best, most well-executed musical number. Ooh, we disagree. No. I think for... Maybe I think it's that way for the one-on-one numbers. I think it's the best one-on-one number, but I can yes. agree with you that some of the group numbers' songs are bigger and better. Yeah. But definitely for one-on-one, I'm going to say it's the best. I appreciate that they play with lighting and stuff. Mm-hmm. They could have done more fun stuff in the house, I think. Yes. I think that's where it gets let down for me. That's not the most exciting. I wish they had leaned into the theatrics a little more, especially because yeah. they are Broadway. Like, especially imagine if like, her house turned into a Broadway set. That's what set. I was going to say. It's like, especially, like, the stairs, how the stairs are. You can see them, like, pulling apart, like, have it so that they can roll those, like, away mm-hmm. and then have, like, something behind them and then they're, like, on a stage or something. Yeah. I wish they had pulled more Chicago into this. Yeah. I get that they wanted this to be its own thing, but... By wanting it to be its own thing, it's kind of not anything. Yeah. And I think that would have been the way to go. The Ladies Improving. This song is interesting because it's one of the few diegetic ones. Yes. In the movie, which it, but it's not fully diegetic. So basically, this is Keegan-Michael Key's favorite song from his, her, his favorite one of Dee Dee's shows. Yeah. And so when Meryl Streep's trying to apologize, and he's like not really into it, she sings the song... As a way to break through. Yeah. I think that is really funny. Well, and I... she does still sell her Broadway diva where she's like, clearly she knows I'm killing this apology. Again, and she's so proud of herself for killing it. I love the dancers, the behind the scenes dancers who are like the boys who mm-hmm. have been sent to the principal's office. They're my favorite part of this. I think they're actually, really cute. Actually, this scene also has the thing you wanted more, which is set pieces with mm-hmm. the principal's office and mm-hmm. using the... Yeah, the wall coming away. Mm-hmm. It does make it more exciting. I think... <sighs> yeah. This movie just has a problem with visual excitement in general, I think. Yes. But it is it is fun, and it's very, very fun in the context of the film and, like, with... Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it's in character, and it is something that's... That makes it's such it's so in character for her to apologize in this way that's like a non-apology, and then being so excited with herself for having thought of it, and him <laughs> knowing what she's doing and not wanting to accept the apology, but it's like such an exciting thing for her to have done that he kind of has to accept it anyway, mm-hmm. despite himself. Like it makes so much sense in that that I think it makes the music piece a lot better than it would be in isolation. It also has some really good jokes. Again, I think by Meryl Streep because this song, being not being diegetic, unlike every other one, mm. there's line and being not from relevant to this directly because yeah. it's from another show. She sometimes just brings up little lines where she's like. I'm the best one at the circus or whatever. And you're like, what? Oh, yeah. You remember. But they do a good job balancing it. Alyssa Green, which is Ariana DeBose's song. Oh, I like that one. That one's really good. This one's important, too, because this is right after she has sort of... Anna's really mad at her. Emma. Emma is really mad at her Um, because she didn't come to her after emma got sent to the fake prom Mm -hmm. um and see this is interesting because she doesn't even really this isn't an apology song Mm -hmm. she doesn't apologize here she's trying to 
explain her perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it doesn't work for Emma, but it does... Work for us. Is her name Emma? Emma. Okay. It doesn't work for Emma, but it does work for the audience. And she does a really good job selling it. It's just, like, in, like, sort of the actual song, it's another ballad, Mm -hmm. but I think it's one of the better ballads. Here's the one critique I have of this song. Okay. I really like it. The only thing is, even the Broadway actors in this movie... Uh-huh. are still singing a bit more like film. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, Andrew Reynolds or whoever, they all kind of sing film singing, which is slightly different. Your belt, you don't have to belt in the same way. Yeah. And you're not as theatrical. Ariana DeBose is still clearly not as experienced in film singing. She gets okay. better by West Side Story. But this one, she's just singing in a different style than everyone else. I didn't and notice. I noticed it. Huh. I find she's singing a little more Broadway, which I, is fine. She's I really good at it. I also think they do a better job of the cinematography with this. Yeah. And they use the location of the school a little bit better than they have been. And then, very importantly, when they go outside, they have it snowing. See, this is like the stuff that it's like an it's like an extra bit of like pizzazz that you're like, ooh, it's mm-hmm. snowing. Was it snowing? It was yeah. doing something, but I know it was snowing. Maybe it was po- flower petals falling. And that it's, seems more likely. It was, but it looked like snow. But anyway, I went back and forth on if it was snow or flower, flower petals. But We get Love Thy Neighbor. That's also really good. Really high concept for this movie. Yeah, bad chorus. Okay, we disagree on the chorus. Bad but... chorus. Barry's going to prom. Yeah, boring. It's fine, it's this, boring. This is like... This is all about James Corden. And I think the thing about James Corden at the beginning, because I know we started the hockey mouse character at the beginning. I actually think he's more easy to handle at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I feel like near the end, this is when I was like, okay, stop talking about him. Because by this point in the narrative of the movie, like we were talking about with Nicole Kidman and stuff, it like- felt like I was so much more invested in everyone else. But the movie was like no you're really invested in him though and yeah. i was like i'm not invested in him anymore like his story's <laughs> over like that's kind of what it felt like i just wish they had that scene at the start where they could have like all talked and maybe him and emma could have had a moment together yeah but no this scene is just a lot of berry yeah which is fine then there's unruly heart which is the vi- the viral youtube song boring it's boring it's a little it's it's not horrible it's so cheesy it's the most cheesy thing you've ever seen in your whole life yes but it's meant to be cheesy it's meant to be cheesy when like the people are watching it and they're like oh horrible i hate it as part of this movie's oscar campaign yeah joe ellen and ariana started a charity together okay called the unruly hearts foundation Mm. which they named after the song yeah and it's actually not really a charity. It's okay. kind of just a website with links to other charities. <laughs> That's so annoying. But they didn't... That wasn't them that really started it. That's just an Oscar campaign thing. Like, that's just being like, look at how inspirational this movie is. It started a charity. Yeah. So they didn't really, like, get a say. But they do still seem to support it. And the two of them are still friends. Good. You should have seen Joel. Joe Ellen was so happy when Ariana won her Oscar. She was like posting all about it all night. She yeah. was like, oh, yay, she won. Congrats. I'm so proud of her. 
And then it's Time to Dance, which is the final song. I think that's a good final song because you feel very like, woo! I don't like it. I like it. And I is this the credits one? No, okay. it's the one at the second prom. They're all dancing to. I think it's a good one to end. I literally get, don't remember this You one. get the big dance things and all that. And then we have our end credit song, which is the one I made you listen to solely for the fact that they pushed this for best song. Yeah. It's- and they did that thing that's really annoying, which I miss. Not to be an old person. I miss when best songs were in the movie and they were an integral part of the movie. They were often plot relevant. They were a big moment. Now they like to stick their fucking Oscar songs in the credits. Yeah, and I they'll like put that. them like a little bit in the movie because like you said, like it has to be in the movie for like 20 seconds or something. And then it'll go to the credits or whatever, right? Yes. And it's like, if you... It's that thing that really annoys me. They do this with ads sometimes where it's like they'll have like an ugly sneaker and they'll put a whole bunch of ad- advertising behind it being like this sneaker is really fashionable and cool. And it's like just make a sneaker that's fashionable and cool if you want to sell a sneaker that's fashionable and cool. Yeah. If you want an Oscar song, make a song that's good and that is an integral part of your film. Yes, they could have put a song in the movie. But they followed the Chicago playbook of putting their song right before the end. Chicago? Yeah, Chicago got a best song for its end credit song. It should be illegal. I would prefer them having them mandating best song must be in the movie. Yeah. The full movie. It cannot be in the credits. It can also be in the credits, but it cannot just be in the credits. Cannot be anywhere in the credits. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to do that. Anyway, this song is not good. There's parts of it that are fine. I think Ariana DeBose is the main singer of it. So, actually, here I also don't remember the song. Yeah, Ariana DeBose is the main singer. And then they get Meryl Streep to rap the rap section. Which was unkind to Meryl Streep. And they do that... (sighs) It's bad for many reasons. But they do that very, like, fake, progressive talking energy where they're like if someone's ever mean to you just go high like michelle obama and they're like so they end the rap on that because they're so (laughs) proud of it they do they end the rap when they're like if you're ever feeling down and out just go don't go low go high like michelle obama yeah actually i want to find this line if somebody starts in with new drama, just go high like Michelle Obama. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, they they should not have asked Meryl Streep to rap this. They it reminded me of when Madonna tried rapping in her songs for a bit. Who's Donna? Madonna. <laughs> Madonna tried rapping and it went just as well. Calling Madonna. And I went Madonna. and got a latte. It went right through my bate, and you know I'm satisfied. It felt just like that, and it just doesn't work. They should not have had her do that. The rap was unnecessary. The rest of it's just, like, generic end credit song. But that rap really, like, ruined it. And it was mean to ask Meryl to do that. But Meryl tried. That's all you can ask. And that can... And that's... The prom. Do you have any final thoughts? 
It's a fucking weird movie. It's weird. It's full I of contradictions. I want to hate it because it would be so much easier to hate it. Except I have this like weird experience where I'm watching it and I'm having a good time. And I also hate it. Like, it's weird. You know? Well, I think the reason you hate it is your musical hate instincts kicking. That's not true. You always say that. I do not have musical hate. <laughs> well, I think that's it. But well, what do you think? You were mad at it. I'm acting mad. like you weren't bitching the whole time. Hold, <laughs> bitching was a little bit of a hard word. I'm That's sorry. a little hard. <laughs> I think you were that this movie. The whole time. I think this movie has a lot of missed potential for what it could have been. Yeah. With better directing and writing, and it bothers me <gasps> because it gets in that awkward land where yes. it's close enough to being great that yes. you're almost more mad yes. that they weren't great. Because yes. if you were just bad, then you can just be like, "Oh, it's just bad." Yes. But I it's so, so close hard. to great. Yeah. But it never really gets there. Yeah. There's like a few brief moments where it's like you're like, "Ooh, oh no, nope, it's gone." Yeah. But. It's also so close to great that they're never going to make another one of these because this one was good enough. I also just find this movie, something about it is like so forgettable, Mm -hmm. which is like weird for me. Like I, it wasn't that long ago that we watched it for the first time. I did not remember most of what happened. Yes. That I think goes back to it just is bad at set pieces and framing. Yeah. Also, Kevin Chamberlain is their assistant, who is a much bigger part in a stage show. Yeah. But that was supposed to be Aquafina originally, and then Aquafina dropped out. I don't know what that role would have been like with Aquafina. It would have been different, but I don't know if it would have been good or bad. Yeah. People are kind of roasting on Aquafina right now because she has to. She in the new Lion or Little Mermaid movie, Lin Manuel Miranda. You gotta love him. He will get a rap in any movie. He loves his rap. Who is she in the movie? Scuttle. Scuttle? The seagull. Oh. They added three songs to the movie. He raps? Aquafina plays Scuttle in the movie. Okay. And they gave gave Aquafina a rap. Weird. Because Lin-Manuel Miranda helped write the music Uh for the new songs. And he is always seemingly going to add that rap. No matter what he does. Even though I think people are getting a little tired of the rap style that he made. So popular with Hamilton. I know he's done it before, but Hamilton's where he, like, perfected it. Yeah. And then he's still doing it. And I think he needs to let it have a bit of a rest. Well, there's also just a time and a place, you know? Yes. I don't think Little Little Mermaid's really the time or the place. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually more right. Because in Encanto, it didn't bother me as much. Conduit? In Canto. Oh. Very different. Yeah, but he made the music for that. Yeah. I remember I was so mad they picked the wrong song for the Oscars. Yeah. And then they lost. Yeah. They lost the Oscar because they were idiots and picked the wrong song. Yeah. Consequences of your actions, people. Just like this movie should have picked a better director and better writer. The worst thing is, you want to know what they could have fixed it with? Ryan Murphy should have helped write it. And then got a different person to direct it. He's a writer. Yeah. So he should have got helped them write it, adapted stuff for film, and then had Rob Marshall come in and direct it. Mm. And then he still would have got Oscars if it got Oscars, because he would have been Best Picture producer. And that concludes today's episode of Friends at Film Camp. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. 
at the campfire 